the liquor room. See, there's a whole lot of thoughts when I step up in the stew and approach this mic. It really sounds different when you're lying. Yes, people, Football from the Bleachers is on Twitter. Follow us at FFTB3 underscore and get all the interactions that we have online and all the latest news from all the leagues around the world. Also, send us your questions and we're happy to get back to you. Yes, people, we're back. Football from the Bleachers. I'm your host, Rymo. That means we're going to have a new episode today. I've got my co-host, Sean. What are you saying? Yeah, man. Only one here. Uh, one man up today, yeah? We've got two man up. Sermon running from the grind, but I'm not going to say nothing. Sermon running from the grind, okay. There's two men up today in the studio, just because a few other men had other commitments. So, you know, we keep the show going as usual, man. We don't hold it down for, for any other reason apart from give the people them what they want. This week, and even last week, oh, game's been cancelled left, right and centre, positive cases left, right and centre, man. It's just been a killer. But fortunately for us, the games that we chose to select were still up and running. Um, but how many games survived this week, Sean? Three, am I correct? Uh, Three or four? Three or four, four. Yeah, four games survived out the whole weekend out of 10. Just under a half, 40%. It's not great. But again, um, there's been a lot of calls to, to curtail the season or there's been a lot of calls to have a little circuit break. Which one are you preferring? To kill the whole season or have a circuit break? Um, if it's gonna be either, I'd rather the circuit break, but I don't really see the point of the circuit break. Do you know what I mean? It's still gonna I don't know, man. It's a it's a sticky one, isn't it? So but... and I'm seeing Pierce Morgan online saying the man them gotta get their jabs. What's your thoughts on that? I mean sorry, <laughs> I don't wanna get too political, <laughs> yeah. Speak speak your mind, King. Speak your mind, King. <laughs> It's up to everyone what they want to do, isn't it? It's free world. I mean, we're in the we bleachers, isn't it? Yeah, we're in the bleachers, so. Yeah. It's their choice, really. I mean, um, it's crazy. A lot of people have been putting a lot out there on, online to say, you know, how are people still catching it when we've already had it? But, you know, it's just like any other kind of virus where you can still get it, even if you had it once. It's just that the vaccine, as they say, you know, reduces the, the likelihood of you being... Um, a carrier or you know being infected to per se but you know it is what it is footballers got a choice of what they're doing but you know Pierce Morgan's going hard online as I was saying he's saying if they don't get the vaccine then they shouldn't be treated on the pitch I think that's very outlandish but you know Pierce Morgan is that type of person isn't he I swear he's an Arsenal support yeah man he's he don't speak for the masses yeah he's a big he's a big fan of number 14 so I can't get down with him oh okay a certain, a certain someone that you know recently lost their captaincy, should I say? Can't get to you with them antics. <laughs> it's been a turbulent week for him, hasn't it? I mean, first he didn't get picked for the t- the game against Southampton. Um, then now he's been stripped of the captaincy. Is it the you right move from Arteta though? Well, I'm beating without him in the squad, isn't it? So. <laughs> I say, well, I'm beating vitamin in the squad, isn't it? So, boy. Does he does he go in January or does he go in summer? I think it'll be hard to get rid of him in January. 
Uh, so most likely the summer, but I've heard rumors that he's only she's going to be training alone till the African Cup of Nations. Yeah, man, don't listen. Don't ch- let the boy train alone. Bro. He's really been, no he's really been no ISO'd, bro. He's really been ISO'd. I feel no sympathy, bro. Is it you saying it's all him? It's all his doing. You don't follow the rules, do things happen. If you want to break the rules repeatedly. Obviously, you're Arteta in, so you're going to back your boy. Nah, it's so, not even know. about that. You, you got to set standards, bro. You got to set standards. <laughs> nah, I just had to check. You know, you're Arteta in, so, you know. Whatever he says, I guess, you know, it's gospel, right? I'm not even going to answer that question. Bro. Yeah, right in from I know the he's trying to grind. Yeah, right running from the you grind. You ain't going to get me. You ain't going to get me. <laughs> Uh, this is football for the bleachers man. we got always got to play up to the crowd but anyway in terms of um, the games that did go ahead we decided to cover Leeds versus Arsenal um, first it's been a good few weeks for you or maybe should I say two or three since you played United you've gone on a little bit of a run haven't you Sean yeah since we lost to you and Everton we've got three wins in the bounce mm. uh, the most impressive one was probably the West Ham one but Southampton and Leeds had to take care of business and took care of business and scoring a lot of goals doing it, so can't be upset. I mean, with the West Ham one, what do you think that was? Because, of course, we didn't cover that, but what do you think that was? That was midweek. Yeah, I just thought um, probably Arsenal's one of Arsenal's best performances of the season, maybe apart from Tottenham against a decent side, a good, a good side. Went there and handled business. Obviously, they're missing a couple defenders, but mm. still went and handled business, dominated majority of the game, could have scored more, so... Can't be upset with that. No, I mean, in terms of the the Leeds Arsenal, did you see like a same old, same old in terms of you took your form from the West Ham game into the Leeds game or was it even better from you? Probably about the same. Obviously, you know, Leeds again, missing a load of players, but with the way they play, bro, (laughs) I mean, with the way they play, it's just like if if one person can just drag someone out of position, they're all over the shop. Yep. You just we just sort of it was repeated it was repeated a, a number of times. I think Lacazette was really just Lacazette was really just a threat, just coming short for the ball and, and leaving space in behind for others to run into. Mm. It could have been it could have been three or four in the first ten minutes. So yeah, I mean it was more it was more about how bad Leeds were. Obviously, we just took our chances and we did play well, but Leeds were a shambles, bro. I definitely agree in terms of the the atmosphere was amazing at Ellen Road as it always is, but. Quickly, you realise that um, <laughs> when the chances started coming free flow for Arsenal, um, Leeds did have no answer for it. I mean, there was times where they were threatening, but that was generally on the break. But I would say it was a comfortable kind of day for Gabriel and Ben White at the back. I mean, there's a few, you know, maybe frosty moments where the game looked like it was going to heat up. But apart from that, as you just said earlier, mistake after mistake, people getting dragged out of position, this I didn't get this whole man mark job. He did it for ninety minutes as well. Was it um, Koch on um, Lacazette? Yeah, and like he followed him all the way to the halfway line into his own half at one stage. And this was like probably the seventy something minute. I'm like, you guys are down four nil, whatever it is, or four one. Why are you still man marking him? Like, does there have to be some ownership on the players? I understand it's the manager's way or no way, but it's sometimes is there has to be ownership on players. Say, so you know what? Man them, I know we're supposed to be doing something that the manager says, but for the next five, ten minutes, let's just weather the storm. Let's just sit in and be hard to beat. Is there no, like, ownership from, from players nowadays, do you think? I think... I think there is uh, some, some players and some teams, but I think 
with those kind of managers, they're the type of manager that if, they, if you don't do what they want you to do, you just won't play in it. So, but he also looks like that kind of guy, like no matter what they're losing, he wants you to do what he wants you to do in it. He yeah. wants you to man mark. He wants you to follow that's that that player around the pitch, and they don't do it. They won't be in the team. Obviously, they probably will be in the team with all these injuries. But when everyone's back and when no one's normally fit, more like they wouldn't be in the team if they don't yeah. do what he says. And we've seen it from even on even in midweek they was losing seven 0 and they were still trying to man mark. Do you know what I mean they were still doing the same things at City? Um, yeah, man. I'd, yeah, I said it last year. They would never beat a big team playing like that, like trying to man mark people at the pitch. And, uh, yeah, they need their players back because they're in trouble. They're not. They're, they're about four points above relegation, if I'm correct. They are. They are. Like that, yeah. And with four. the way they play, they need the, the, the best 11 out there week after week because when they bring these replacements in, they're just not up to standard. No. no. It's a championship team, often. isn't it? Yeah. It's a championship team, really, isn't it? Uh, in terms of one, two quality players. Like, but, you know, for, for example, Calvin Phillips probably play at a high level. Um, Bamford probably could play at a high level but apart from those kind of key players maybe they, even their keeper could play for a high, higher team as well but apart from that the, the squad is filled of championship players so their budget is not as big as others uh, that have come up as well uh, so they're in, they're in real issues here I know they didn't just come up but um, did they just come up? no they, this is their second season no? yeah second second, second. I'm bugging it feels like the season be rolled into one but like, I just feel like when I look at the teams below them, like the Newcastles, Burnleys, Norwich, I would say out of those three, there's only two that have something about them. Burnley and Newcastle that could potentially get out of trouble. And that leaves, you know, just above, I think Brighton's just above that. And the spot uh, just for the um, relegation. So they're difficult. They're a difficult spell at the moment. I think it struck to me that Ailing had to play centre-back on the weekend. That's when you knew to yourself that they are actually desperate here playing um, Luke Ayling centre-back and you could see he was playing a lot like he was a, he was in the right-back left-back position like the way he'd get drawn out into the spaces chasing down someone and then as you saw the gaps appear as you were saying earlier um, but who really impressed you uh, in terms of Arsenal's play? Oh probably it's got to be Gabby it's got to be Martinelli I thought he was excellent I thought Saka was excellent um yeah, I think those two were the standouts. Oh, Odegaard as well, say. Odegaard was amazing as well. I thought there, yeah, so the so the front, the three behind the striker were probably the standout players mm. in the game. Um, obviously, Leeds helped them a lot, but the runs, the time of the runs from Saka and Martinelli, Odegaard could have had about four assists if, if finishing was better on the day. So he's coming into form. Really, the whole team was good, but I'll say those three were the standouts. Looking back on it. I mean, as you said, Laka could have got, what, three or four in the first half if he was uh, much more clinical. Um, was it? But again, there was some incidents in the game in terms of um, penalty shouts. Uh, foul in the box from Laka. Penalty or not penalty? What, for Leeds or on Laka? Um, for, on Laka, sorry. Uh... Nah, not for me. Nah, not for me. Not, for not me. enough. Not enough contact there. Not enough contact. I was thinking pen, defo pen. Do you know what I mean not enough to to like over um, to reverse the decision? Mm. Do you know what I mean so? I wasn't too upset about that one. And, I, and the Leeds one was, probably was a penalty for them. Yeah, Keeper went slid and so. 
in, in that game, nah, I don't think there was a, a major issue with the pens. But. Do you reckon um, Ben White for that penalty was just rattled at that moment? Because there was a little altercation he got into earlier just before that moment as well. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, he was just moving a bit of ash in that, in that moment. Maybe he's lost concentration because he didn't really have anything to do. Mm. Obviously, he had the little head-to-head with Athena, so maybe, but... Also, as well, how, how pleasing was he with all the types of four goals that were scored? Was it good flowing moves or was it just, you know, the typical Arsenal football that you're used to? Is there a change there in terms of, like, how you attacked? Uh, well, there was so much space. Like, there was so much space. I think the... I think the Smith Rowe goal and the second Martinelli goal was the best goals. Mm. I thought those were the best goals. I, I especially like the the Smith Rowe goal with how Odegaard carried the ball, delayed it just until the right time. Beautiful mm-hmm. pass, beautiful finish. Obviously, the Martinelli finish with the second one was beautiful as well. Obviously, he got stuck on his feet and he just dinked it. But yeah, man, it was just yeah, man, it was it was a weird game because it was just like it was so comfortable. It was so easy, so comfortable. And I know they're missing a lot of players, but you don't really expect the game to be that easy. No, it's true. Especially away from home for you guys. Um, you expect them just to set up and be hard to beat in a way because it's their ground, right? Um, but as, you, as we said earlier in the show, like, they don't actually do those things that we expect them to do. Sit behind the ball, hit people on the counter. The only time I could say they've played really well is when they played City. And I think they nicked something off them, didn't they? That was last year. Away from home at the Etihad. Yeah, and the only reason they sat behind the ball is because they got a man sent off, so... Yeah, <laughs> and that's the only time he changed. But, I mean, as you said, and I've always said, I, I rate Bielsa's team. But, again, people may get onto me and say, oh, but it's, it's suicide football. I get that. But it's just the whole bravery, trying to go toe-to-toe with certain teams. It's more time it's ludicrous, because you're playing, like, your, your Arsenal's, your City's, your Liverpool's. But if it all clicks, they can get points off people. Uh, you know, the Liverpool game they played, it, it nearly worked for them at one stage. But of course, certain teams suss you out and they just, they, they beat that press or they beat the man-to-man. And there's a certain quality on the pitch that's just better than individuals. So imagine, you know, your uh, Gabriel Jesus, your Sterlings running up against um, Ailings and the Dallases. They're, they're, they're superiorly better, aren't they? So that's why they got hit with seven in the week. And then um, there was a 4-1 from you guys this weekend. So... I want to talk about Rafinha though. Um, he had a you know couple chances. Obviously, scored the penalty. He had a a, a drag shot. But um, what did he have to do really to to revive this team? Do you think, Sean? I don't think he can do much more though. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, he's been the standout player all year. He's been kind of carrying them about Bamford. All the important goals they've been scoring, he's probably got. Um, probably should have scored. Should have scored the the counter attack chance when he dragged it wide. Mm. But it's difficult when when the team's getting dominated so much and you know a lot of the game he was finding himself in his half. I mean, he did show moments of quality, he's got quality, but really he needs he needs Phillips back, he needs he needs Bamford back, he needs help. He's doing mm. a lot of the work on his own. Obviously, even Dan, we don't rate Dan James, but he was missing. Harrison's come off. So really that front line is just him right now. So I mean he's carrying. But he's one of those players, if Leeds were to get relegated, I think he would be the first one. Him and Calvin Phillips would be the first two that clubs would come knocking on the door for. And even after this season, clubs could come knocking on the door for him. He's that good. Yeah. Who would he suit, do you think, his style, Rafinha? I think he could fit in anywhere. Uh, most clubs. I think he could fit in most clubs. I think I think he'd probably end up at like a Leicester or 
even at Arsenal, if they were to get rid of a Pepe, mm. should look at him. Maybe a Tottenham for that if they're going to change and play someone on the right once in a while. I think any of them kind of clubs you could be, even West Ham, yeah. all those kind of clubs. Obviously, maybe Man United and Chelsea and City and Liverpool, a bit of a stretch. He'd be more of just like a squad player, but yeah. But those teams below, I think, could be he could be in the starting lineup for those teams. Into interesting question I want to pose to you. Do you think Rafinha is more important for Leeds than Maximum is, is for Newcastle? Oh. <laughs> e, that's sticky, you know? We don't, oh. we don't ask these questions for no reason on, on football from the bleachers, man. I think... I think they are... I don't want to have a... I don't want to cop out, but I think they're exactly the same. I think if you take... Actually, no, I think St. Maxim is a bit more important for Newcastle. Mm. A bit more important for Newcastle. Because when Calvin Phillips and Bamford play, and obviously, again, we don't rate Dan James and Harrison, but they can still they can still create chances and get goals where Newcastle, St. Maxim really just drives them up the pitch and really does a lot. Yeah. Loads of the attacking work. There's a big, big, big weight on his shoulders attacking-wise. So I think he's just a bit more important just because Newcastle's squad is so bad. So bad. And the attacking players are so poor, bar him and Callum Wilson. I can agree with that because when I watched them um, play <laughs> this weekend, you could definitely see Sam Maximan not playing did have an effect on you know um, how they played against City. Even though Joe Linton was 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 playing well, and um, a few others chipped in, you could definitely see the weight that was on Sam Maximan's shoulders when he came on halftime and kind of revived them a little bit, not much, a little bit. Because as you said, he makes things happen for them, doesn't he? Like quite regularly. I mean, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Newcastle are just in the mud, but we can talk about that later. In terms of first half attempts, uh, it was around about 30th minute or so. I saw Arsenal had 14 shots, Leeds had four. Is that a credit to the fact that, you know, Arteta's relentlessness with his squad over the last few weeks to, you know, attack with pace and be, you know, quite clinical with your final pass? Because, you know, you scored four. Uh, how much you score against West Ham again? Two. And then you scored three against Southampton. That's what? Uh, nine goals in the last three games, per se. Do you think that's a, a credit to what Arteta's been doing over there? Uh, I, not really. I think, I think Martin Eddie Cummins has given a different dynamic where it's just there's a lot of pace on the wings. Obviously, Smith Rose, he doesn't have that same kind of pace. He's kind of more quicker with the ball. It's kind of strange. But Martin is <laughs> very direct, very quick. Sack is very quick. And... Uh, Southampton and Leeds, there was so much space on the pitch. I mean, so much space, especially yesterday. So much space in behind, so much space in behind, so much space on the pitch. But these games kind of suited Arsenal. I mean, it's more when you face the teams that kind of just sit behind the ball and make it difficult. It'll be interesting to see how they play against Wolves in a couple of weeks. Mm. Those kind of teams that really just build a wall and don't really give you a lot of space and are happy to kind of sit there for a draw. Um... But it's been a good week. He needed the results, especially after the Everton loss, because we was really, really bad against Everton. So it's been a good week. Two clean sheets, nine goals, three wins. And even though we played more games than the others, I would rather have played more games right now than have to reschedule all these fixtures and play them in such a short space of time. So Yeah, that is true. That's key. Could be, a, could be a benefit to Arsenal. Yeah, that's when you start to pick up more injuries, don't you? And it's, it's definitely helpful that you're only playing once a week as well. Um, with the Carabao Cup this week as well coming up, um, it's definitely going to be um, hopefully a good push to win a cup. 
potentially, even though there's a couple of decent teams still left in it. Uh, it's another chance for silverware to be added, you know, because um, the Premier League, Premier League maybe is a little bit, little bit more um, difficult to win at the moment, right? Well, Liverpool and City are just so good, so so good. So it's going to be tough for anything. Even Chelsea, I think we're seeing them slowly fall away, but yeah. Definitely. Um, we'll talk about Chelsea's uh, moans and groans in a short while. Um, Xhaka, your boy, his challenge. Is that just a red for you or is it a yellow, deservedly? Uh, well, it was, he definitely should have got a card. I mean, how he walked away without a card was was a miracle. It was borderline. I think it was borderline. It could have been a red. I think Gary never said it was an orange. And I think that's the sack. It was like an orange. It was like, if he, if he gave a red, you couldn't complain. If you gave a yellow, do you know what I mean? Maybe the ref was being a bit lenient. So it looked like a red, but yeah. Yeah, them, yeah. He was frustrated and he kind of just, yeah, studs up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he has one of those a game, doesn't he? Or one every couple of games where he goes in a bit crazy and loses his head. And I think um, even though him and Partey's built up quite a good partnership over the last few games, you always see there's a ricket in him coming, isn't it? Well, it's easy to wind up, isn't it? And you know the man with the short tempers. You wind them up, you get on the side, and they'll do something silly. So, mm. What do you think it gives you, though, in terms of your midfield? Like, is it range of passing, forward thinking, always wants to kind of get on it? Yeah, I think those I think those three things are probably his best qualities. We know he's not the best defensively or the quickest, but he always wants the ball. He always takes the ball, even in tight positions. Always tries to play, tries to think forward. Mm. And... Uh, yeah, they just they just seem to look better with with him in there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean we all we've all moaned about him in the past, but at the end of the day, every manager that's come to Arsenal has played him repeatedly, started him repeatedly, mm. and he does bring he does bring some good qualities. No matter how we get onto him, he does bring some more some good qualities, and he has the abilities, which is the most frustrating thing. It's just sometimes he just yeah loses his head and makes the decisions, rash tackles. Uh, but he's been good. He's been good this season, so I can't really complain about him too tough. To be mm. fair, I mean, I don't know really in terms of um, Sambi how he gets back into the picture because he was playing quite regularly, wasn't he? Um, how do you think he gets back in? Is it more <sighs> going to be based off injuries or is it going to be off yeah rotations? I think, was, I think it would have to be injuries. I think Arteta sees his his two midfielders, Jacko and Party, so. Um, you know, he'll have to play the cup games and if there's an injury or obviously party's going to have a cup of nations so he'll get a bit of run in January. Mm. Um, if he can make a really good impression then you never know but I think more than likely we'll see party and Xhaka for the majority of this season. What are, you, what are you happy about with your front line at the moment? You've got Saka, you've got Gabriel and you've got Laka. What What's giving you good vibes at the moment at that front three? I just think I just think Laka compliments them so well, Jimmy. Him always dropping deep. He doesn't really have the pace to get behind, so he drops deep, links up the play, gives the Saka and Martinelli a chance to run him behind. Work, he works hard. They all work hard. There's a, you, know, you can all see them pressing together. Mm. All, and obviously, the three behind, no matter who plays, they're all young and exciting. So, as I said, you know, the young players are the best thing about Arsenal, but big up Laka because he's coming and done his thing. Even though he's not scored every game, he's played well every game he's been in so far since he came back. So I got no complaints, and I don't really want to see number fourteen. So 
I mean, I'm he's not going to be around, is he? Because he's been stripped to the captaincy, as we said earlier in the show, and he's going to be um, training individually. So, what what's next for him? I keep asking you that, uh, hoping that you give me a, a, a an answer. But you know, we, we can't see into the future. But what would be your ideal scenario? Sell him up and get who? Uh, ideal scenario would be to sell him and get a young striker in the summer, but. I think that depends on where they come, where they come to the table. If you to get Champions League, maybe you could push for someone like Isaac or Avlahovic. If you don't, then you have to kind of look at that second tier, you know, like the Davids from Lille. Or maybe you could mm. say Calvert-Lewin, that's going to cost a lot of money. So it depends, but I do definitely want Aubameyang gone. So whatever happens, wherever we finish, he needs to go. You know, someone, someone silly will take him, like Juve will take him. One of those clubs will take him. They'll probably thrive over there as well because a bit slower and uh, you can get him behind a little bit more, can't you? That's how certain people thrive. Like him. Let him go, man. Let him go, man. Let him go. <laughs> there was speculation about Barca, wasn't there? But I think... Yeah, I just think that is the most cap. Talk. That's paper talk, though, isn't it? From what I heard, they want Ferran Torres, so where that leaves yeah, the yeah. in that situation. <laughs> Don't know how they can afford Ferran Torres, by yeah. the way, but... I heard there's a little bit of money in the kitty, apparently. He's just got some money from whatever. I have no idea. 50, 60 million is a lot of fucking money. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's crazy for club, how... For a club that couldn't register their players at, at the start of the season. <laughs> I, that, I don't know what they're over there they're doing, but they got some serious connects over there, actually. I'm telling you. <laughs> serious <laughs> connects. Yo, they could turn water into bricks, bro. I'm telling you. Uh, when I saw that I was so confused 50, 60 million How? How is that possible? <laughs> they were broke Like four months ago It's mad They got Danny Alves Paying on like A kid's wage Like I don't get it Yeah they'd have to Squeeze the books Don't they? And then forecast A lot A lot's going to happen In the future That's more than squeezing That's oh, Jesus <laughs> But in terms of leads I know you said You're fearful of them I think my kind of Intake on them is They'll be okay and I feel like Burnley will go, Norwich will go, and maybe Watford. I just think Newcastle will get that second wind and Leeds will survive and so will Brighton, etc. I think it'll be Watford, Norwich, Burnley. I think Burnley have run their race. What do you think? See, at the start of the season, I did say Burnley. I did. I said Burnley to go down, but I look at it. They've got the most games in hand. They've only played 15 games this season. They seem to always find a way. And I don't think Newcastle, no matter who they get in January, I don't think they're going to get good enough players in January, no matter how much money they have, to stay up. They can see the 41 goals. They've only scored 18. I think Burnley, I think Burnley could just pull Watford back into it. And if Leeds don't get the players healthy and start winning games they could be sucked into but for me it's Burnley and Watford right now it's one of them it's one of them to, to go down and it could go to either way but I think Newcastle are in trouble I really really think Newcastle I think they're going to be the richest club in the world in the championship next season Fair I mean I just look at you know not saying I'm uh, you man get on to me about this Eddie Houting but do you just think he has a bit more than um, Burnley's manager uh, Sean Dutch, somewhat Sean Dutch, in terms of like tactical nows. I mean, maybe, maybe. Do you know what I mean, obviously, maybe he wants to play a bit more expansive than that, and he 
He sets the team up to play a bit more expansive and more intricate. But really, he's got one win since he's come in. Newcastle have got one win all season. And and yes, it was against Burnley. So, but Burnley just they know how to pick up points. Like they just they just do know how to pick up points. And they always just seem to win a game. Like they always just seem to win a game at home. Or I mean, you wouldn't be surprised if they if they went and beat Everton on Boxing Day or or if a big club later in the season went to Burnley and dropped some points there, you really wouldn't be surprised with mm. With Newcastle, it just, you just, no one, I don't see anyone that fears them. They conceded four against Leicester last week, three against Liverpool in a week, four against City yesterday. They concede every game. They don't score. Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's it's a tall sticky. order. It's a tall order. Very tall order. I don't, I, have, I don't know any club that can be on 10 points. 10 points after 18 games. Probably going to be on 10 points after 19 games. Who's the next game? United. The next game, yeah, United. So they're going to be on ten points after nineteen games. I don't see how they stay up. It's difficult. I agree, hundred percent. It's very difficult, and um, you just don't see them collecting much in in the running. But apparently, they have to chalk, chalk off this one against United on is it Monday twenty seventh, and then after that, apparently they got a half decent run of games that they could potentially battle out for some points. But we've got um, Everton away and Southampton away. Yeah, and that's where they're saying he could probably be focusing on those kind of games. The only issue is, as you said, other teams have games in hands around them. And if they get points, they could be in a very, very sticky one. I wouldn't even trust them to, to beat Everton and Southampton away from home. Then. They then have Watford, then they have Leeds, then they have Everton again, and then Villa, and then West Ham. Then I think I think that right. Watford and Leeds, that them two games are going to be vital. as They mm. have to pick up points. And they best hope that them Leeds players are not back for that game day because if the Leeds players are back, I don't see them winning that game. And uh, yeah, they could probably beat Watford, but even when they do have a game where you think they should win at home, they don't seem to win the game. Do you know I mean, when they had not, they faced Norwich, someone got sent off, and they played Brentford a couple weeks ago. They drew three three, so it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 sticking one win all season against Burnley is not. It's not yeah. it. It's definitely not it. <laughs> Boy, well, we'll see what happens with them and what transpires with them over this next um, two weeks or so. There is also the fixture congestion we spoke about not too long ago um, and where that will kind of sit in for teams will be very interesting because the more games you play in a quick succession, as you know, the more injuries you pick up um, or maybe even just ailments as well in terms of like sickness because, you know, the, the, the small case such as... Uh, Omicron is around, so people may be picking up you know, positive tests here and then they can't play for 10 days and they miss two games. There's a lot, there's a lot to consider. Um, let's look at the other game though. Uh Tottenham and Liverpool. What 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 a game? I'd say it three times because I couldn't believe it. Uh, it's probably <laughs> one of the best games I've seen in a little while, in terms of like both teams just going at it. I wanted to Talk about um, a few things first, Sean. What kind of shape did you think Tottenham took? Was it a 5-2-3 or was it a 5-2-1-2? Or was it a 5-3-2? For me, it looked like a 5-3-2 that kind of changed into a 5-2-1-2 at times. But really, it was a 5-3-2 with Kane and Son just sitting on the centre-backs and the rest of them being in a, in a sh- in difficult shape to beat. And then it kind of turned into a 5-2-1-2 when they broke out on the counter. Mm-hmm. You'd see either Dembele or Dele Alli kind of push just behind the strikers, but... Yeah, they tactically they got it right. Conte got it right. Still, they caused Tottenham a lot, um, caused Liverpool a lot, a lot of problems with that shit mm-hmm. yesterday. In terms of like uh, Winks and Deli Ali, though, how did you how did you take on them? Because um, they were kind of 
put into the squad. I didn't think they played the week before, the game before, because they've been off for a little bit, haven't they, due to COVID. So if I can remember rightly, I don't think they played the last game, Winks and Deli Ali. So what do you think of those like two performances? I thought Winks was I thought Winks was just okay. He was just Winks, you know, Mr. Sideways, just did the simple, simple things. I thought Deli Ali was good. I thought he got himself in good positions. Probably should have scored. Obviously, Alisson makes a wonder save, but probably mm. should have scored. And, you know, maybe the, the ball to Kane where he squared it could have been a bit better, but it was just good seeing actually getting into those positions. Um, worked hard for the team. So one of his better performances, even though he didn't score and he, he missed a chance and kind of scuffed the pass to Kane. Mm. At least he was in the positions. At least he was getting into the positions where he used to be in and trying to affect the game instead of just kind of being on the pitch doing absolutely nothing. So one of his better games this season for me. Mm, that's, just, that's a fair, fair assessment of his game. In terms of where does he fit? Is he a centre mid? Is he a CAM? I know he's spoken about this so many times in terms of where he had his best seasons where he was kind of playing off Kane. But does he have to now adapt? Does it like a, maybe a 27, 28-year-old man? Does he now have to adapt his game? Because it doesn't look like he has the legs nowadays. I don't know what it is. I mean, it will be difficult for someone like him to adapt his game because he's not really... He's not really a creator. I mean, doesn't really... He doesn't really dictate the game, doesn't really create much. He's kind of that guy who just runs runs past the striker, runs past the striker, gets into the box. And if he can do that, if he can get himself in positions, then he'll probably be in the team because they don't have many players like that. Jimmy, they don't have many midfielders like that that can do it. So mm. I know you're saying he doesn't have the legs, but he's going to have to find the legs because that's what he's in the team to do, to get himself in, in dangerous positions in the box and run off the back of midfielders. I mean, that's really his role. He doesn't really bring much on the ball. He's not that kind of player, so... Mm. Sticky for him, still, with his colourful dreads. <laughs> I mean, there was times where he, he did open up his legs and um, drove forward to, to kind of meet on the end of, like, crosses and things like that. But for me, personally, I feel like he's he has to play off the cuff sometimes. That's where you get the best out of him, where he's just freestyling and he doesn't have to worry about too much defensively. But I feel the two people he played alongside such as Winks and Ndombele, I could see as the game went on, he was looking to say to himself, let me defend more because of the Trent factor. Instead of him maybe freeing himself into the middle of the park and just saying, you know what, I'll pick up the ball and start making things happen. Do you think that was a specific instruction from Conte though? Because you know how he likes his team defensively solid. Probably was. It probably was. It probably was. You know, I definitely think I definitely think in the first half, the fullbacks got in better position than the second half, even though Robinson did score. But there was definitely definitely a tactical tweak. He definitely made a tactical tweak in the second half. Mm. So, as I said, tactically, they got it spot on. They just conceded two, well, two goals, really. Liverpool really didn't do much mm. other than the two goals. I mean, had a call for a penalty, which was a penalty. And maybe Kane could have got sent off. But Tottenham was, Tottenham were all over them. Yeah. Really, had the game been six two, I don't think anybody would have would have would have been shocked with the chances Tottenham missed. Mm. No, that's true in terms of um, how free flowing it was. It looked like the Tottenham of old, if I'd like to say that myself, like Kane getting in behind him, linking up with Son. It just kind of felt like the Tottenham of old, where you know what you're going to get with them, and if they break, it's going to be Pete because the passes are never wasted. And I feel like 
even though he had a really poor game, Emerson, he would look really good going forward. But uh, of course, that will overshadow <laughs> the fact that, you know, defensively, he was getting turned inside out. Emerson did us so many, bro. <laughs> and and um, the prime example is when I think Mane got the ball gave for the, the first time, gave him the steps, yeah. he dangled his leg out. And I was just like, yeah, back to the old self. But going forward, he, he's a problem. But defensively, I can't, I can't shake that one off, G. He's, he's shambolic back there. I didn't really understand the sub when he he took off Ryan Session for um a regular near the end. I don't was that in terms of thinking he can get on the end of something or his delivery could be a bit better? What was that, do you think? Well, I thought I thought Session had a decent game, but I don't yeah. think he did much going forward. And maybe he thought, you know, Regulon could could put in a good cross or I mean, I think. Mm. I think, yeah, I think he was thinking Reglon could put in a good cross. You know, Session was not really his... He didn't really do much offensively. He was okay. He was really good defensively. Offensively, he didn't really bring much. So maybe he was just thinking uh, Reglon for a good cross. Or maybe... As they haven't played in two weeks. I don't know Session was fitness status. So, I mean, maybe... Maybe he saw his legs going from pit side. Maybe he saw something he didn't like. So... Mm. But in terms, of, in terms of Session, I thought... You know, the last time I watched him, he played in the Europa League and got sent off. So for him to get the for him to trust him in this kind of game, I think he's doing so he must be doing something right in training and he performed defensively. He was really good. Obviously, it's difficult when you're playing that five at the back to get out to the fullbacks, but he did he did a good job. Like, he did as best as he can, really. Well, we talked about it off air. He kept he kept Mo Salah quiet, didn't he? In terms of Mo Salah's production, we know how deadly he can be. But he looked like he just had an off day. Um, not saying that everyone needs to have a, a, a hundred out of ten percent all the time but he, he looked at he had one of his much more quieter games what do you think the reason was for that lack of service um, when he get it he'd just be doubled up on I thought lack of service one but two I thought the formation made it really difficult for him to to get the ball in positions where he could be dangerous I mean the, obviously the five so when he gets the ball he's either facing up against the left wing back and the left centre back mm. or he's facing up against the left centre back and the other centre back and the midfielder coming back. They, they made a real concerted effort not to let the wings get into those little creases in the box where he can be dangerous and cut in and, and get a shot off. And really, all he did in the game was handball it for the second goal. He, they they seemed, they seemed more happy to let Trent and Robinson have the ball and have to do something special with it than to let Salah and Mane get in positions to hurt them. Obviously, Mane did more than Salah because he was going against Emerson. But yeah, story for another day. It was, a wicked, it was a wicked header for the first goal from Jota, though. Uh, but we'll get back to that in a minute. How do you think Eric Dyer's done, man? Is he thriving under Conte? I think he is. Is it because he's in a back three, or is it just that he's actually found a manager that can, you know, get along with him? What, what do you think it is? It's, I think it's because he's in the back three. <laughs> the man they I mean, are yeah. still. He's protected between, you know, David Sanchez, who David and Sanchez, who it was on one side, and Ben Davis on the other. Side. He is an awful footballer, by the way, an absolutely awful, awful footballer, David Davison Sanchez. <laughs> I don't know what chance it was, but there was a part in the game where he like went to clear the ball, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah, he like it hit against his other foot, and someone got the ball. I just thought you are an absolute shambles of a football player, brother. Absolute <laughs> shambles. Like the the back line still doesn't give me any confidence. Like. The back, the three centre backs. I think he played Ben Davis, Dyer, yep. and Sanchez. Yeah. No confidence in those three centre backs. The like the the setup has to be perfect for them to to flourish. Mm. Like, and yeah, I thought 
Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought he got it tactically spot on and I thought Klopp got it tactically, I thought he was tactically poor yesterday, actually. <laughs> it, is it me and, or is it right in saying, sorry, that Tot- Tottenham, again, stifled them, yes, but Liverpool don't really change their plan for anyone. I could see it in terms of how the game was unfolding where you know what you're going to get, 4-3-3. Three, three. The pressures came from the wing-backs. But there was no sort of like variation in their play that could tell me that, you know what, they're going to nick another goal here. Am I right in saying that? I thought, yeah, I thought there was a stubbornness to change. Mm. Offensively and defensively. And I thought, I can I can live with the, the offensive one because they did score two goals, both on wide areas, both yeah, on crosses. Yeah, regardless, yeah. I thought the defensive side of it, if I was a Liverpool fan, the defensive side of it was would have drove me absolutely crazy yesterday. At why they repeatedly kept trying to play this high line that was repeatedly, repeatedly getting getting easily passed by. Like it, we saw against West Ham, the high line didn't really work no. and he didn't change. Yesterday, it was it was a borderline joke. Yes, Tottenham created a couple of chances off the counter, but how many times they just played one ball through Liverpool's team? And even the second goal, obviously, Allison makes a mistake, but the ball to get there is so simple. It's just a straight pass near the halfway mm. line. Like, yeah, the stubbornness to change that that high line, especially when you don't have Van Dijk. I know Kanata is quick, but you're going against two two elite attackers, and you're just yeah. giving them all the space in behind in the world. And the the press didn't really work yesterday because Tottenham kind of just kind of played really direct. So the press didn't work. The front players weren't able to stop the ball from the back, which just left. The back line exposed with a mad high line. I didn't. I don't understand why they couldn't drop a couple of yards. Drop off. I don't. I don't get it. Maybe you saw something different, but why can't they just drop off a couple of yards? Uh, it's definitely the stubbornness in terms of like you stick to the plan, and this is our way. This is our DNA. Um, they've done it a few times with uh, some teams have been very successful in in beating that press and then getting in behind quite regularly. Um, not to name a few, but a few a few sides have been quite successful such as uh, City. Chelsea got uh, quite lucky a few times when they played them as well. But it, it seems to me, as you said, Sean rightly, that he doesn't want to change it because he's sticking to his philosophy, his kind of, you know, natural way of playing. But if you happen to be heavy reliant on the, the wing-backs, and if, for example, Trent doesn't have a, an amazing game that he did, and Robertson doesn't have a great game, then where's your, where's your chances being manufactured from? Because when I looked at that midfield... Morton, Milner, and um, Cater, it was not giving me good vibes. I'm not going to lie. And Milner, end of, the, end of the day, was on the left wing. Morton was, you know, moving up and down in the middle, middle of the park. Cater found himself out on the left or the right. And there was just no good balance there. I don't know if you could, you know, share, like, why did you play Morton instead of Ox? That kind of way there. There's no, like, good balance there. I don't know why he play- obviously Morton's played in a couple of what, the cup competitions. I think he might have played. Did he play against AC? I don't know. And obviously he, he probably sees him as that kind of not as good, but that kind of Billy Gilmore kind of guy that can mm. just, you know, keep the play ticking. But I was really surprised he didn't sub him for Ox and just move Milner into the middle in the second half. Yep. And instead he decided to bring Morton off and put Firmino on, which I don't think worked. I don't I don't think worked at, at all. So Really strange decision. He just he made strange decisions all day. He made strange decisions all day, and the, he didn't change. He didn't change a single thing. He didn't change to stop the counter attack. He didn't mm. drop the, the line. I mean, the chances Tottenham missed 
were were sitters. The majority of them were sitters. Do you know what I mean yeah. even with scoring the ball, the Deli Ali one on one, the Kane head at the back post, the Son one where Kane kind of chipped it to the pen on yep, the yep. That's on the ground. Solid chances I mean, yeah. really, the score could have been four one at half time if we're being honest. It wasn't. Mm. They went in one one, and then Spurs created a bunch of chances in the second half. I mean. Yeah, I mean, they were lucky to even get a point because it, it it gave me strong, strong Aston Villa vibes when they lost seven two. That's what that game gave me. <laughs> so if everything went in, you would you wouldn't have been mad at that because it probably I mean, wasn't the rightful score. If Kane and Son had their shooting boots on yesterday, the game the game could have been embarrassing for Liverpool because they mm. only created two things all game. Those two chances really they didn't do anything else. Obviously, they had a penalty shot as I said, but the stubbornness to see something going so wrong. And refuse to change it. I mean, I know you believe in your team, but that's just that's just arrogance on an, on another level. Mm. I mean, I, I was um, interested to see how Kanate would go go with Matip because I didn't realize VVD was missing. Um, but I think um, that counter did expose them a lot because when they turned over the ball, Liverpool, there was no like midfielder sitting in there because, as I said to you, Milner was either wide left. So was K to ride right, and then it just left Morton high up on the pitch. So it almost felt like there was no midfield security. And if they win that ball, they're just playing straight to the strikers. And that's what happened repeatedly, as you were saying, with the high line and things like that. Um, and it was just that smartness from Klopp, as you were saying, just to to put someone in there, just Milner sit, just sit in there, keep it moving. But he's an energy energy man, isn't he? I know, I know Shaq, if he was here, wouldn't like that. But, you know, Milner's that energy, man. He's got quality as well to his game. But I just, the midfield just it bugged me all game where they, there was no quality in there. Cade had a couple of shots, left foot, right foot, but there was no real quality. The only quality that I saw was um, TAA, which he was playing like a quarterback. It was unreal. His, his gameplay last night was unreal. He's popping up in right-wing areas, centre-mid areas. And it's almost like he was playing like a, a quarterback, man. It was ridiculous. Like, how how well has he taken on his game, Sean, do you think, since we last spoke about him? I think he's, I think he's pretty much the same. I mean, some of the, the crosses and the passes he's starting to play, they are outrageous. And I think Gavin Neville said an English fullback shouldn't be able to do that yesterday. But... Mm. He's probably attacking wise, he's probably the best, the best fullback there is in terms of passing and crossing. Ahead of Cancelo. Yeah, I think in terms of just the quality of the crosses and the passes, the kind of passes he plays, I, mm. I think he's the best. But as an all-round fullback, I would still have Cancelo, but that's story for another day. Um yeah, so it's kind of the same thing with him. We still don't we still have questions about him one-on-one defensively. Again, that wasn't really tested yesterday with the formation Tottenham were playing and you know the last kind of game we saw him really have a test was against City like that and he didn't pass it with Foden on that left wing so Foden mm, roasted him still yeah so it's it's, it's always this, the same thing with him can he do it one-on-one against the better teams against the best players yeah. you know, if, if he were to get to the of the Champions League can he can he handle a, a Nabry out there or a Sane on that wing or do you know I mean those, a Vinicius Junior can he handle those kind of challenges one-on-one to be seen, but attacking wise, he's just he's quality. He's, as I said, probably the best with those crosses and passes in the league, and could have got a goal as well. Had the had the little volley, <laughs> left foot as well. He off. he clotted that left foot, unreal man. I mean, yeah, left foot, right foot. Him and Robinson were the were the standouts for Liverpool yesterday. 
Until you got sent off, obviously. I want to talk about the choice of selection. You talked about crossing. Like, I've never seen a fullback in a long while pick such a smart choice of, of cross types in terms of instep, laces, driven, um, cutbacks. Like, the, him and Robinson, probably the best in the game right now. Maybe someone else can correct me. Of, of, of cross selection because in the second half when I was looking at Robertson's game I just watched him for like 5-10 minutes and it was always the right choice of cross it was either a dinked cross in-step scoop cross like a volleyed across the box like uh, I don't know if I can keep repeating myself but in terms of just knowing what to pick when do you think that's just routine on the training ground constant repetition repetition yeah I think well yeah I think Part of it's definitely the training ground, but part of it's def- definitely just being just being smart. And I think the most impressive thing about their crossing and the Bulls' day players, they're really not crossing to anyone with any height. I mean, more time is they're crossing to shorter players, and the ball actually has to be perfect. The yeah. Bulls' day play have to be perfect for the likes of Jota, and obviously Mane's got a little spring, but Mane and Salah to get on the end of those crosses, and mm. the weight has to be perfect. The the position has to be perfect. Even that goal. Even Jota's header, the ball is perfect. It's right on his head. It's, it's right on his head. He's going against the biggest center, but it's right on his head. So they're just, they're just I said, I think I said in the group chat, I said, they're just on another level. The fullbacks, mm. Cancelo, Robertson, and, and Trent, they're on attacking wise, they're just on another level to anyone Crazy. else. Crazy. Uh, I mean, you talked about earlier about Kane's tackle. Horrific. I thought it was awful. I don't. Yeah, I don't understand how he stayed on the pitch. I thought it was, I thought, I thought it was worse than Robertson's challenge. Mm. To, to be, I thought it was, obviously the adrenaline's flowing. He scored a goal and he's trying to win the ball, but he's just gone studs up, right through. And yeah, again, this, there's no consistency with the VAR from at all. Do you know what I mean, I mean, they just seem to, they never seem to want to overrule the referee. Really, mm. they never really. I mean, so look. Liverpool, even though they could have lost 60, they do have a right to fill a grief because he should have been sent off and they should have had a penalty. So I can see why Klopp was frustrated at the end of the game. That's very easy to kind of let the referee referee the job. But yeah, if he gets a red, Tottenham at that time was 1-0 up, right? Did they go on to lose that game 4-5-1, you reckon? Because they have an extra man advantage. Maybe not 4-5-1, but... I don't, they definitely lose it. Mm. If he if he gives the red card and and he gives the penalty, they they definitely lose that game. They they definitely don't hold out Liverpool to as little chances as they had. They probably don't create as much with just Son being up there. So, I mean, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. If you're Liverpool, you're frustrated because even without the red card, the penalty could have won them the game. Even yeah. though Tottenham had all those chances. So you have a right to feel aggrieved, but at the same time, I mean, your stubbornness to change, even after you went two or not, kind of questioned. So maybe it evened out with his stubbornness, but these referee decisions are a joke. And they're a joke. I mean, there's, there's a poor decision every game. Even in the Chelsea game, I saw Kante could have easily been sent off. And yeah, man, they just seem to take the easy way out, these referees. Do you think um, in the new year, in terms of new season now, your VAR kind of um, plea would be just for more video analysis referees just to intervene and just say what it is and not having to leave it up to referees all the time. Would that be your plea? I mean, 
I'm kind of just sick of this very often. I mean, it's like every season we have a different thing with it. Every season there's a different issue with it. And there's more, we get more questions than actual answers mm-hmm. with it. I mean, the first year it was, it was about the, the offsides. The second year was about the penalty decisions and what's handball and what's not. And, and now, it's, now it's just inconsistent refereeing. Now it's the video system referees. It's just, what's the point of having it, really? If we're being, what is really the point of having it? Because they don't, they never seem to get to 75% of the right, the right answers anyway. You leave mm-hmm. the game frustrated knowing that someone's looking back on it on video and you still didn't get decision, the decision. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but and like, for me, it's, just, it's a waste of time. It's, in terms of like millions of people seeing the same uh, replay as well, and even people in the stands seeing the same replay. Like, let's look at Robinson's one, for example. He's gone through and clattered him, full stop. He said, fuck this, I'm taking you out. He tried to say he went for the ball, but I think his tempers, tempers were high, frustrated. He was never getting that ball. That's a red for me, person. That's like violent conduct. Kane's one for me is a red as well because he's, he's dived in two-footed, studs up, no control. I understand you're trying to win the ball back, but there's no control in that. And he's running from such a far distance as well, which makes it even more worse. It's not like he's gone in and um, tried to block it from when he's trying to kick it. He's actually run towards him, which makes it even worse. Um, but I think, yeah, both equally should have been a red. But that's the thing. Do you, do you want to, in the referee's head, do you want to spoil a spectacle that's building up to be a great fixture? You kind of got to stick to the rules, but also use common sense, right? I mean, That's my kind of thing on it. I mean, I hear what you're saying. Um, maybe the referee was thinking that this game's so good, I don't want to give a red card. But for me, there's certain things that you can't just let slide. Because mm. I mean? then it becomes the norm. If, if, a good, if a good game is coming on, someone just think, well, I can make that tackle because it's a good game. Like, the ref doesn't want to ruin the spectacle. I mean, it's a red card. It's a red card. And even if the referee didn't want to ruin it, the VAR assistant has to be looking at that thinking, well, he's gone in, studs up. Yeah. No control. I mean, they didn't... The only thing they overturned was the Robertson one. They didn't... So you, if you're Liverpool, you feel away. They didn't overturn the penalty. They didn't overturn the penalty. They didn't overturn the red card. But they have... They, they're happy to ruin the spectacle when it's your player. Mm-hmm. And obviously, he did kick through and it was a red card, but you, you also didn't get the decisions on the day as well. So frustrating. There's, if I'm a Liverpool fan, I'm frustrated with, with VAR right now. No, it's rough. I'm not going to lie. It's rough in terms of... When you look at, there was another foul incident as well, Matip on Winks. What did you think of that one? I didn't think that one was a penalty. I, didn't, I don't think it was enough. I don't think that one was enough to give a penalty. Mm-hmm. It, it did look a bit awkward. But I didn't think it was enough. And I know there was a, there was another on, penalty shot. One on Ali, one on Ali when he was through. And then yeah, when he the chased, yeah, I didn't think that was a penalty either. I didn't think that was a penalty either. I thought he lost control of the ball and I don't think the push was enough. So those two I didn't have a problem with, but. Yeah, the, the 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 other two on Tottenham, I thought they got lucky with. But. I know you mentioned it earlier. Salah handball for the build up to the goal. Yeah, well, he did handball it, but they changed the rules and <laughs> immediately, immediately when when I saw, it, I was I just thought, oh, it's, okay, they can't overturn that now because he didn't score the goal. Mm. It was the next phase of play, which which happened. And yeah, to be fair, they had a chance to clear it properly, and they kind of fluffed that, didn't they? So you kind of see where they, you know, they had another chance to to deal with the, the second phase and they didn't. But you know, it's one of the smallest men on the pitch, back post header. Interesting. Whose fault is whose fault is it for that? Not being picked up 
Is it Sanchez's fault or is it Emerson's fault? I think uh, uh, it probably probably put the blame on the two, you know, the right-sided players. But it's a bit difficult because they've all kind of they've all kind of ran back onto the line or near next to the goal when the Salah chance and has dropped to Trent. Maybe the thing there's a shot coming and then obviously, and I think he did shoot. I don't even think he crossed it. I think he did go for goal and it kind of just found Ramos's head. Mm. And so those ones are kind of difficult where you're gonna I wouldn't really put the blame on, on anyone too tough for that goal for that for that kind of second phase of play it's kind of tough when you're you run back towards your goal and the ball's coming straight back in mm-hmm. so that one's a bit tight in terms of um, Alison I mean we got a, a question in from one of our regular listeners um, <laughs> he's made a few errors over the noticeable months um and he just looks a bit shaky at times in terms of uh, what he wants to do. And when he has one mistake, it leads to two, then to three, because he's overthinking things. But um, the question is, is Alisson just a rich man's Fabian Barthez? What's your thoughts? I never want to give him that label. <laughs> I never want to give him that label. <laughs> I, I, I thought that was harsh. That label was a bit peak still. I wouldn't say that. That label was a bit peak. But he does seem... He, well, we know already you can rattle him on corners. Even yesterday, because you can rattle him on corners if you stand around him. He doesn't. He's not the most confident there. Mm. And uh, I mean, he made such a great save for the alley shot that when you see that second goal, it's so it must be so annoying because we have to do is make contact with the ball, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, all, all he has to do is make contact with the ball and to miss the ball. Your team just went two and up. You have eleven men at that point, and obviously. A big part of it is that stupid high line that they was playing because it's just a simple ball to Son. But he's got he's got to clear it. And he cleared one a couple of moments earlier. I think like two minutes earlier he cleared. It was exactly the same thing and he cleared it. So yeah, I can't really I can't really forgive just missing the ball. Mm. You just missed your professional footballer. You've missed the ball. <laughs> All you have to do is make contact with the ball. And you as a goalkeeper, you know what I mean? But is it is it that difficult? That you know that te- is it that difficult that technique really? The only thing I can think of is that he he was a bit too late to come out to it. So maybe he was switched off for that moment. And when the ball was played over the top, he's still kind of running out because that's how it looked like he was stretching to kick it. And that's why he just scuffed it in general. And that's why he ended up on the floor. Like he's probably a bit too late to the ball. Whereas the one earlier, he was sharp to it. But maybe he switched off for the moment. He was too far back in his goal. These kind of things, factors is why he maybe got there a bit too late. Maybe he misinterpreted the bounce as well. Because he looked like he just arrived onto the ball when it was coming. So that's why I think he fluffed it as well. I'm, I'm not trying to make excuses for him, but as a keeper in general, you've got to be just dealing with that, man. It's precious moments of the game. You've got your, your team's got back into it. They're winning the game. Maybe Robertson doesn't make that tackle because he's 2-1 up. You know them ones. Not saying it's his fault, but these kind of psychological aspects of the game do play a part. I mean, if they had... um stay 2-1 up he dealt with that situation maybe Robertson doesn't do that he does something different gets a yellow I don't know man it's, it's a weird one but temperatures were flying just after that as well so um, it was interesting um, and just one more question about um, the Tottenham game I know we already mentioned about Sessi Young's performance but um, do you think this would be the start of his career now would this kick him on do you think Sean well maybe Maybe, maybe, maybe it's like kind of a Victor Moses situation. Obviously, he's younger, so yeah. he's got more potential. But maybe, you know, Conte does seem to kind of, he's not afraid to go away from, you know, what's been a regular start in Regulon to go to Session. So if he performs in training and Conte sees something in him, then maybe, 
maybe it could be. I mean, I said it was a big, it was a big step to put him in this game. It's a big game against a top team, even though he was missing players. But he showed a lot of faith to put him in, and he did perform. So maybe he's got to keep up the performances first of all. But if I'm maybe, being honest, yeah. though, like um, Regalon is not as good defensively as we've seen. I've, I mean, he's good going forward, um, but defensively, he, he's left wanting at times, isn't he, Regalon? So I think. Or from reflection, as you said, he was defensively solid. He kept Salah quiet. It was, it was a, a good choice in the end. As, as you said, Conte is not scared to, to go outside the norm. A bit sus with the Ben Davis thing, but I guess because he's a left-footed left centre-back, he can kind of push into the wide, wide area, can't he? And, and play as a left-back if Sessiong plays higher up, right? So I don't think he'll be changing that anytime soon. Um, similar mould to what Chelsea do with Aspie, isn't it? So... Um, I would just hope that they can get a better left centre back soon because I don't think Ben Davis is it if they want to go back to the promised land. But going back to the question is that I would hope that it does. Yeah, same with you. I'd hope that it does push on his season or his career in general because I think he could be a really good uh, wing back for anyone personally. Um, I'm not sure what he's like in the back four. Uh, when he was on loan and things, he, he played quite well in the back four. But this is a place such as Germany and things like that. So. It's a different type of um, demand, isn't it? You're playing like okay wingers, whereas in the Premier you're playing elite wingers, aren't you? Uh, unless you're playing Bayern, Bayern Munich, of course, or, you know, Borussia Dortmund or RP Leipzig. Apart from that, you know. I don't know, what's your take on that? Um, will, he, will he get better in terms of the opposition he plays week in, week out? Regular first in football can only make him get better, Jimmy. As mm. long as he's... As long as he's got the right application, he's willing to work, then yeah, he can get better. Um, yeah, would you? I think it's the thing where we just have to see with him. Do you know what I mean we have to see what happens when he gets tested more one on one situations when Tottenham kind of open up the game and you know it's not so they're not so structured in a way to protect him. But for for, for his first kind of big game and his first big, I thought he did well. I thought he did well, and I did like him at Fulham. So mm, we'll yeah, see. We'll see what happens with him. Very dynamic at Fulham, he was. Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, will this help Tottenham season? I would hope so, in terms of them, you know, showing the crowd and showing each other what they can do against big sides if they get it right. Um, and you can see what it does as well. You've had two weeks off. Conte's had a few weeks to kind of work with them on the training pitch at times. And it's, it's clearly paid off. They probably needed that, that little break to kind of um, uh, break apart their season. Maybe just go back to the drawing board mate, as well. Uh, maybe it didn't help Liverpool because they've got a few people out that are key to what they do. Um, and their bench looked quite thin as well. Well, you know, Liverpool, Liverpool, they, they, they won't spend madness in the January and they'll stick to their true roots of what they stand for. And we'll probably see them in the top two battle. City have got that little gap now. Was it five points or six? I think it's only four. But... Yeah, four, see, I'm even off that. So. I mean, there at is this two. rate... I know it's early, but I would, I would, if I had my money, I'd, I'd bank on City to win the league because just for performances like that, I'd bank on City to win the league. We've seen it twice now, Tottenham and West Ham. I would, yeah, I'd bank my money on City to win the league. I didn't, I didn't like the stubbornness to change this day from Liverpool. For me, mm. that's just, yeah, you, if you score two goals away from home, you should win that game. And Tottenham had so many chances. We don't see it often for Liverpool, but they do have that game in them. They seem to have that game once every couple of weeks where you can just really, really, really get in behind them and really cause them problems. So Yeah. 
especially because their left back and right back so high, there's areas to exploit. And I think it, it's clear that he's taken pieces from other games he's watched where some teams have tried to do it, but not successfully enough. I mean, and he's, again, he's just executed. If you're if you're someone like Leicester, you watched that game yesterday. You must be thinking to play that exact same formation and just have you know whether it's Daka and Iniacho or Vardy and Daka just mm. stay right up on those centre backs and try to cause the same problems because they had no answer to it. They had no answer to to the counter attack. All those balls in behind. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what teams do and their teams. The teams go go with that formation. I mean, they've got they've got some tough games coming up as well after Leeds. They have got Leicester and Chelsea. So. We'll see. We'll see if Man City can pull away. Mm, it'll be interesting. The, the, the Christmas period, as we always like to say, such New Year's was important. It's mixed in with the FA Cup as well. Um, some interesting ties. And they've just removed the replays for at least this round and the next, I believe. Uh, third and fourth. So we'll be, we'll be interested to see if um, teams will just go for it first round or will they play a makeshift team and drop out the cup? Because, you know, Champions League is not around anymore for now. But when that comes back into the fold, the demand of games is going to be ridiculous if, if there keeps um, being postponements. So it'll be interesting for the two sides, definitely. Now that Tottenham's only got, what, the Carabao and uh, the FA Cup and Prem to look forward to. I'm so annoyed to, that I'm yeah. so annoyed that they're out of the conference. I'm so, I'm so annoyed that they only have to play one game a week now. I'm so annoyed about that. That will definitely help. I mean... It will 100% help. It's not of their own doing. I mean, they, they couldn't avoid that cancellation of the Rens game and they've just been punished for it personally. So jarring. So <laughs> it's going to be very interesting. Uh, when, when do they play you next? Oh, very soon, actually. I think it's uh, on the first weeks in January we see them. Mm. Uh, so that'll be interesting uh, to see where you both are if you're like in and around the fifth, sixth spot, seventh spot. I mean, uh, right then. hopefully they don't Play that well against us, but I'm still confident against Tottenham. Still confident, still confident, still confident. Still confident. <laughs> yeah, man. I, anything else in terms of like the Chelsea game, the City game? Um, well, we can go with the City one quickly because there's only the Chelsea one after that. But yeah, City back to normal. I mean, as I said, Newcastle in the mud, <laughs> so so badly in the mud, and I know they're facing City, but you know I've seen them three times over the last week. Sort of against Leicester, and to, to lose 4 0 to Leicester is, is difficult to do with the way they've been playing this season. So, to lose 4 0 to Leicester, you go to Liverpool and you score first, and you don't really put up a fight, you give away silly goals, and you lose 4 0 to City at home. I was, more, I was more disappointed with the ease at the way they allowed City to do things. Generally, yep, just the yep. space, even the Cancelo goal, to be able to run past a player, two players, and get to the edge of the box. And yes, he scored a wonder goal, but to get there was so easy. They showed no attacking threat without St. Maximum. Mm-hmm. I mean, them can't, they are similar to Leeds where a lot of their players, when you look at them, you think really they're championship players. I mean, the whole back four belongs in the championship. Yep. Hayden belongs in the championship. Ryan Fraser at this point in career kind of belongs in the championship. So they only have about four players where you say, oh, well, he's definitely a Premier League player. And, uh, yeah, man, I'd, I worry for them so badly because I just don't, even the names that they're linked with in January, they don't fill me with confidence that they're going to they're gonna suddenly make that back four good enough to stay up. Yeah. I mean, because I think they've conceded 41 goals. Is 41 yep. goals? Along, along those lines. I mean, that's a lot, that's a lot of goals. <laughs> 41 goals, is a, especially as the next highest is, is Leeds with 36. And we know how they, they just conceded seven. So 
41 is is a lot, and you've only scored 18. If I'm a Newcastle fan, I'm worrying. I'm I'm really really panicking because I don't know what you think, but no, I'm as I said earlier in the show, I'm optimistic about Newcastle in terms of like if they can just get to January, make at least two or three decent signings, shore up the defense, get a midfielder. It could the luck could change. I just feel like Eddie Howe will muster up some sort of like three or four or five wins across the next, I don't know, 20 games. Maybe longer than maybe more than that. You can't do anything with just winning three or four. That'd be a miracle. But let's just say what we played 15 weeks already, for example. Say he's got another what 23 games, 20, 20, 23 games left. If he can get five to eight wins, four draws here and there. That's a lot of points that, you know, could make a difference to get to that 40, magical 40, 41 point mark. So, well, they've got, well, Newcastle have got exactly 20 games left. So, yeah, muster up five, six wins, get like five or six draws here and there. That's a lot of points, you know, that's what, 15 plus five, that's, you know, 20 points plus what, they already got 10, right? <laughs> yeah, they got their little 10 points. Not, not close enough, but, you know. They need they need 35 points, don't they, to be safe. 35 plus 10, you get 45, and then you can look at a different kind of milestone. I think this will be the lowest points tally in history, I think, for the bottom bottom 10 sides this year. Um, just because of how well the top six, seven sides are doing. I mean, yeah, well, obviously we have to see what Lee, Watford and Burnley do with their games in hand, but I mean, right now it's, it's looking like 37 points, 34, 35 points will keep you up. Mm. But even even 34 from 10 is a lot of points in Newcastle right now. A lot of points. Definitely. To get 24 points in, in basically 20 games where we can basically say they're not going to win. They're, they're not going to beat any of the big teams most likely. So it kind of shrinks down to about 14 games when they need to get those points in. Which is, as you said, a big ask. But we've seen, we've seen, others, we've seen others do it. I mean... Sean Dyche, as you said, yes, he can get those points when he needs it. But what can you say about Wolves then? Do you think they're they're in trouble? Because obviously they played um, Chelsea the other day. Well, they're eighth. They're eighth with 25 points. Obviously, a couple of teams got a game in hand. No, no, I think... I think for them, it would just be about can they finish in the top half? I mean, they don't seem to score enough goals to finish in the top half. Yep. So I kind of see them around 12th, if I'm being honest. Um, I thought, I was kind of disappointed with the way they played this day, if I'm actually honest. I mean, I think they didn't, to, to let Chelsea have, well, it was, a, it was a boring game, but they only have four shots against that Chelsea team. I mean, I don't think you needed to be so defensive when they're playing mm. Pulisic up top. They're playing Chalobe in midfield, depending on the left wing back. I mean, it would have been nice to see them kind of go for the game a bit more. But I mean... A point against Chelsea is a point against Chelsea. Mm. I didn't dare to take it. I mean, in terms of Chelsea, really bad week. Really, really bad week. I mean, I came to the conclusion that they were the weakest of the three a couple of weeks ago. This great pass leads. I think they'll look back on that draw against Everton as a really, really bad draw. To, to go and draw against Everton without Demai Gray, Townsend, Richardson, <laughs> Calvert-Lewin, Mina. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a really, really bad draw. I mean, they're playing Sims up top. So, Crazy. even without struggles, the draw that game was bad. And to follow up with a draw against Wolves, I know they wanted it postponed because they had, you know, a certain amount of cases, but... 
So if you look at that squad, just to touch, touch upon that quickly, if you look at that squad, that squad would be a lot of the bottom half teams comfortably, plus maybe a couple in the top half. So when I saw that team and I was like, why is everyone moaning about them wanting to, um, to have like a you know, postponement when they have a lot of cases? Their squad was decent enough to go and beat anyone. Not, maybe not the cities, the Liverpools and the top sixes, but that's a decent squad they put out there. Like all first team footballers and the respectable clubs everywhere else. You know? am, I, am I right or wrong? Uh, yeah, I mean, really even the bench the team, I mean, to a certain extent as well. Like, I had Barkley on the bench, a couple other men. Like, the hell? Look at the team. I mean, obviously, they played Chalibur midfield and okay, whatever about that. But I mean, Ziyech, Pulisic, Mount, they had James, they had Alonso, who's a decent, they had a normal back three, yeah. Kante. So, I mean, I don't really feel, I can't really feel sorry for them. And they drew the game, yes, but I mean, the draw wouldn't look so bad had you beat Everton. And you didn't handle your business against Everton in the week. And I know I was on to Arsenal about losing to Everton. But at least they had some... At least they had Richarlison and, and Demaya Gray and Townsend there. I mean, bro, they they drew to a team playing Sims up top. Gordon on the left wing, Orobi on the right wing. And they conceded to a man called Jared Braithwaite. <laughs> He's I mean, decent, I, by the way. Decent prospect, just to let you know. If you, if you have 80% of the ball, 80% of the ball and 23 attempts... You shouldn't draw one against Evan. You shouldn't draw one one against that. Big facts, big facts, big facts. And I, I felt no sympathy for them because, the, as I said, the draw wasn't so bad against Wolves. Had you handle your business in midweek, but you've drawn two now. You're six behind City. I mean, six points is a lot of points. Yeah, definitely. City, that's, that's two losses points, for City, which they, which I don't see them do, for now. So, so I mean, yeah, and. You know, shots at the best. City on the little 20, 20 game streak. That's that's what mm-hmm. they're on right now. Um, Cashed in. You know what? So they're on smoke. Only can see the goals as well. Yeah. Out. If you're Chelsea, you're worried because your defense, even before your defense started to look a bit shaky, it didn't look as it hasn't looked as solid as it did at the start of the season. You start to see goals, multiple goals in games. Your strikers don't really score. You rely on your wing backs to score a lot of goals for you, and Mason Mount to score a lot of goals for you. So. Ah, it's, it's, I'm getting strong, strong third position vibes. That's what mm. I'm getting. I feel like come March, mid-March, they won't really be in the title race and they won't really be in the top four race and they'll kind of just be cruising along in the league. So, so does it leave you, West Ham, United or Tottenham to get that last spot then? You and yeah, United. Yeah, I think, I think, I think those... United. No, I think Tottenham will have a say. They've got games in hand now with the one game a week. If they can mm-hmm. be a bit more consistent, they will be in the mix. West Ham should be in the mix. So I think we're in for, and hopefully we're in for a good battle with those four teams that kind of goes yeah, out a little to the mini wire. table. Yeah, a little mini I table. I mean, West Ham and United now have the, the disadvantage of having to play games, European games in the week. Um, obviously, we don't know how long it's going to go on for. You know, Man United could easily go out to have Let's Go. But for now, those two have the kind of disadvantage, and Man United and Tottenham have to cram in a lot of games. Man United are going to have to cram in a lot of games. Tottenham have to cram in three Premier League games. So, yeah. It's, Remains to be seen. It's looking good. Uh, it's, it's, it's shaping up to be a good, a really, really exciting run in between Liverpool City and these four. And then you've got the relegation battle. So, we want drama. So, it looks like we're going to get some drama, at least. Definitely. Uh, big big games to still come. And he said FA Cup coming around next couple of weeks. Definitely remains to be seen uh, who will take advantage. 
how, how, and before we go, what's your your thoughts on the EFL Cup? I know I asked you earlier in a in a roundabout way, but what's your thoughts on the EFL Cup coming up? I mean, if you're Arsenal and you're only in well, really to win, you're in two competitions. I think you should be taking this very seriously. And you've got Sunderland, so you've got Sunderland. It should be a win. So you really should be in the semi-finals after this, and you know, hopefully Leicester can beat Liverpool. Mm. If Liverpool go out of it, I think it's wide open. It's wide open between you probably bet. Well, you would have said Chelsea should beat Brentford, but after the last couple of performances, mm. but if Chelsea were to go through and whoever goes through, have West Ham or Tottenham, and Arsenal, it'd probably be a shootout between anyone could win it. Really, that's. I don't know why I'm rambling. Anyone can win it. Now that City are out, anyone can win it. So, chance for a trophy for a lot of these clubs. Interesting mix. Definitely. As long as we don't, as long as we don't embarrass ourselves against Sunderland, which I can't see happening, then I'm just going to play. I mean, man like Pepe will probably get a run out tomorrow. So, yeah, man. Exciting times. Let's go. We'll see. Anything to add before we take check out for this week, bro? Yeah, man, I just want to um, say thank you for showing up because, you know, our other co-host, you know, second week he's missed on this, second week he's missed on this podcast this season. Um, You're lacking on the job, yeah? And I know it may not have played in a couple of weeks, but I think it's just a bit unacceptable for him just not to turn up just because they haven't played. But I'm not judging. Me? I'm not judging. But would it be nice to have him on? Uh, apart from that, hope everyone enjoys their Christmas, really. Yeah, man, definitely. I mean, uh, from us at Football from the Bleachers, a merry, very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year by the time this comes out again. The next one, right? The next one will be... No, I lied. No, but off the Take that here. back. But there's going to be a heavy run of fixtures. So uh, there'll be lots of football to talk about as well next week, to be fair. I mean, hopefully we have a curse you know, to share the burden. <laughs> well, it's going to be a very Merry Christmas. That's the first stage, yeah, you know. What's on the menu, man, before we leave? What's on the menu? Everything. I'm hoping Everything. so. I haven't really asked them kind of questions. You know, I'm trying to get the kitchen do what they're doing, but just now I'm having the rice and peas and and all the lists on the main. You know, what I, mean? <laughs> I think you know the brothers out there. Um, <laughs> you know, you know what Christmas is about, especially at this age. It's about the food, plates, food off the food, trust. and the football on Boxing Day. That, that's what that's what Christmas is about. Big facts, man. A bit of NBA as well. We creep that one in on the sly. Yeah, man. Let the let the ballers hoop. You know I mean, I'm just can I can I make it to those games after the food? That's a different question. And the Christmas extenders, can I do it? I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what I've got left in the tank. I'm saying dramatic storylines coming. Come on, just like a juice, a little, a little food. Christmas extenders, a little sleep, Boxing mm. Day football, the leftovers, a little sleep again. Righteous, <laughs> it's a righteous time for the boys. Mm-hmm. Are they? Uh, yeah, trust me, man. All right, sure. This been great as usual, man. Thank you for coming through as usual. Can I, you know, <clears throat> I, I like to fulfill. <laughs> my obligations I'm not certain, but... yo from the bleachers this is Rymo your co-host this is Sean your co-host and we out peace safe let me tell you things about my life let me tell you things about my life no checking on phones no new uploads before I hit the roads the liquor room